0: Good, all right. most dope. Everybody
1: please put a thumb in the
2: air. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, the Flyers have done it. A six-game win streak as predicted by yours truly. So let's talk about how great I am now by introducing the panel. Now, no one seems excited <laughs> about that. I'm into it. I said <laughs> six-game yeah. winning streak, and I'll take them seriously as cup contenders. They did it. Here we go. go. Here so we, we are. So yeah. The six-game winning streak thing. So let's just uh, let's get it started. We have a full house tonight. Let's lead it off with... Stephalicious D, Steph Driver.
1: I'm eating cake. I know. you Yay! never. I
2: never start with you, <laughs> and I knew you wouldn't be paying attention.
1: Right. <laughs> so Bill got engaged, and that's really cool. So we are eating cake. Um, and the Flyers, according to MoneyPuck.com, as of a couple days ago, I actually haven't checked it today, were cup favorites. They're not allowed to take it
3: back now. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. Yeah, they can't take it away from me. Yeah, like, well, they yeah. tweeted <laughs> it, so it's now it's on like the Super Super record. Bowl, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, yes, this is exciting.
3: Is it likely to happen? Yes. Hell yeah. I mean, well, right. I mean, right. Kelly's
0: been saying it's going to happen since, like, <laughs> the second game of it's the year. It's true.
3: So. It's true. I want everyone to remember that when it happens and then worship me accordingly. Okay. <laughs> Perfect.
1: <laughs> um, but it is something to get excited about. So Money Puck, they were the first people that were in on the Blues last year and said that this could be a really legit team. So maybe
3: there's something here.
4: Maybe. Yeah.
3: The most trusted website in hockey I've heard. Right. Yeah,
4: that's yeah, that's the yeah. <laughs> From several people.
3: From several people.
4: NHL.com said that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the thing with Money Puck, and this is this is, should hopefully explain why oh, no. the flyers do so well in oh, it, is it, is that oh, no. here comes. Here it comes. Yeah. It's a model, their their playoff prediction model very much focuses on First off, it's fully, it solely focuses on results from this season. So it's not really looking at, like, the true talent estimates of the players. It's just looking at results in the season, and it heavily skews towards recent results. So if the fly, it makes sense why they would have been on board with the Blues, because the Blues had a fantastic second half, and they were probably the first ones to pick up on the fact that, hey, this Blues team since, you know, the beginning of January is playing like one of the best teams in hockey. What I would caution people is that, we're not at the end of the regular season yet. So if the Flyers are still playing this well come April 6th or 7th, then the Flyers will probably still be like one of the top three favorite teams in the Money Puck model. And then, yeah, then maybe. But we still have like another month to go. So we'll see if they keep it up. Charlie, just keep it going from TheAthletic.com. Sure. So I was listening to your post game on Sunday's game, and I really, really liked this quote. And you were talking about the concept of bandwagon fans, and you were talking about how, yes, absolutely, get more people in into the team, get more people in the stands, get more people excited. This is awesome. I love this quote. Everyone else is welcome, but Drew Bashers, you're going to have to renounce your sins and beg for forgiveness to be allowed in, and I like this <laughs> a lot. Like, I want, the, like a bat, yeah. I want the Flyers fandom to grow, but I really, really don't feel like rehashing the Drew is actually a bad leader debate from all the people who disappeared for for four or five years. It's fine. You've, there, you have no obligation to stick with a bad team, but... You do have to accept that Claude Giroux is awesome before you are fully accepted without us yelling at you
3: constantly for being wrong. Yeah,
2: bend the knee you fuckers. <laughs> he is the he is the captain of the team that is right now most likely to win the Stanley Cup according to some website. Well,
4: yeah. <laughs> How many cups has he won? That's all, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Plus like
2: you, you, you're going to have to just accept it. Why would you want why would you want to come back with the take Claude Giroux's bad captain, Claude Giroux overrated. This is the team we're trying to root for. Why do you not want to like one of the most important players on the team? Uh, he's not quite as important as Jake Voracek, but we'll get into that. <laughs> mm. Canada's own Kelly Hinkle.
3: I'm just here for Charlie getting really mad at people and yelling. It's my favorite version of Charlie. Hey, you know what? If people are going to shit on Claude Drew,
4: might just get me mad. Just a little. That's and like, listen,
1: Charlie I was, just I'm had, had champagne create, and cake. He's not yelling No, not today. I'm going to burner
4: accounts just to <laughs> dunk on Drew and then add Charlie. <laughs> just <to see laughs> him I him. hate <laughs> you. <laughs>
1: No, because I was one of these people. Burner accounts, like you don't already have them.
2: <laughs> Sorry, continue, Bill. No, I was I was one of these people who, a few years ago, I, I never thought Jeru was a bad captain or any of that. I just looked at his results and thought, oh no, he's in serious decline. Well,
0: that was fair and because I the results have, were
2: hinting that. I have yeah. since repented and said I was clearly wrong. He was hurt and playing through it, and now he's very good again.
0: Look, look, I'm I'm all. I'm gonna say I'm all for, but I'm fine with legitimate critiques of Claude Giroux's game. What I'm not for is this rid- the ridiculous concept that he's not a good captain, and that like he was the reason why those teams that had absolutely no depth below him and Jake Voracek and Wayne Simmons, like he was the reason why they weren't that good because he actually wasn't as good as people thought they were. Like no, they were all really good. It's just they had guys like. Andrew McDonald and Nick Schultz and the corpse of Kimo team and on defense. (laughs) Like, they didn't have anyone, and their goalies were men, the forwards were not good. Like, it was not Drew's fault, and I just want, if people left in, like, 2016, thinking that about Claude Drew, if you want to come back, we're happy to have you. Just admit that Claude Drew is still a very good player and is not an inherently flawed captain.
2: It'll be fun for when the people from 2016 come back, and I'm like, where the fuck is Ghost? <laughs> <laughs> he was fun. Yeah. Oh, no. At Sports Are Bad, Craig Forsythe.
4: I am just gonna say I'm a little scared about this podcast because everything is sounds like it's gonna be positive, and I don't know how to That's, podcast. You with no negative.
2: You weren't here last week. I don't know what to do with my hands. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I sat down last week. I was like, guys, what are we gonna like? What is not just like on this? Like, what is the show go? What's gonna happen to the future this is a of
4: this huge, show? Yeah, this is a huge problem. Yeah. It
2: was bitching about like. Chris Vandervelde for so long. We need,
4: like, an actual fight in the front office. We need something crazy to happen <laughs> yeah. so we can keep milking. Gritty needs to hit another kid. Yeah, that's all we need. Yeah. Just one more. Yeah, just two. That's not bad. <laughs> uh,
2: as As Steph said, I have no idea how to calculate such a thing or how such a thing is calculated because the playoffs are, like, completely random but the flyers right now their xp percentage that's their expected parade percentage is Mm -hmm. tops in the league start reserving your spots on broad street people are still maybe a little tentative jump no we've suffered enough jump all the way in being disappointed in this team you know what it'll kind of be fun because they had no expectations before this and i'm not expecting to be disappointed i mean i i understand the point you're making
0: but People were still very, very, very disappointed in this team all the time.
2: Uh, they, I, I was disappointed in their process. I was disappointed in how they were being run, but their results were predictable. Fair. Oh, wow, yeah, we don't have a number one or number two defenseman. Our goalie might be Michael Neuvert, and he might be the best option. Oh, wow, we're out in the first round. Probably shouldn't have been there. Like So uh, I'm just saying... Enjoy the ride. It's been a little while since we had a ride to enjoy, and right now the team is enjoying a ride of its own. Six straight wins, as I said at the beginning. Um, They're three points out of first place, I realize, games in hand and all that stuff, but... Points total, three points out. It would have been so nice if the Caps lost on Sunday. They gave up that first goal, and then they were like, I think it was Charlie tweeted. So what happened? They just remembered they were the Caps? It, was, <laughs> it wasn't me. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not going to oh. take credit for that. But, yeah, it's,
0: that's probably what happened. <laughs>
2: All right. So what's, uh, what are we looking at right now? Like, what are your expectations? What are you hoping for from these next couple of games? Because we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. They have back-to-backs at the Caps and home versus the Canes. They could be in first place by Thursday.
1: So I think that that's where we aim for now. Like this is their this is where we are. are they still in second place today yes. as we record. I just yes. haven't looked at the yeah. standings. They
2: are indeed. Um, but Pittsburgh was winning three one after yeah, the even, first. Even if Pittsburgh went through would pass too. the Flyers. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah, I I think that we've got to we've got to aim for first place, right? Or or at least to keep home advantage, home ice advantage. Um, let's fucking roll. Like I'm all in.
4: Yeah, it is at the point of the season where you can't really – you don't need to work things out with the team. You kind of know what you are. And I feel like they are a team that can have home ice advantage in that, I mean, going into the postseason, which hasn't – the Flyers haven't done that since 2011, I think. Uh, a, what,
2: they went on the road in 2012. Yeah, so 2014, 2011, 2011. 2011. Yeah, they had the yeah. seven seed. That would have yeah. been the, so, the, and that's the Buffalo like, series. Yeah, yeah, they played – yeah, Buffalo was the seven.
4: But this also feels like a team that could actually win a playoff series. All this – 2014, 16, swear and 18. I to God, they don't. <laughs> I just didn't oh. feel like they could do it, yeah.
2: No, that's the, like, like I always. Like, walking
4: into this postseason series, I was like, great. I don't know what many games like, going to take for a while. The yeah.
2: Rangers, the Caps, the Pens. Listen, we got excited for it. These are big division matchups. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Drew, some big years in there in some of them. Ghost in 2016, Braden Shen. We looked at it and went, okay, if certain things happen, maybe they could pull an upset. In none of those series were they close to the better team. No.
0: No, no, no,
2: no. They very well could be in a first round matchup. Right. They haven't we talked about this last show, I think. The last time they went up 1 0 in a series. Was the Devil series in 2012, where they then went on to lose? Yeah. the next oh board. yeah, that was yeah, what a fun <laughs> game, yeah. They, they lost four straight. <laughs> so like, it's been a long time. Just have it like thinking about how good this team is at home, and it looks like they're starting to figure out the road woes. We've yeah. given all the excuses and all the reasons why maybe they weren't as bad on the road as the, the results were showing together, at the yeah. end of December and everything. But if they have home ice, at least in the first round, there's no reason to think they won't. Win a, a playoff matchup.
0: I mean, the teams they're the teams they're playing are going to be good. But that's the thing. That there's no, unless they win the division, there's no path to, like, the Flyers getting an easy first-round matchup. That said, they're playing well enough to beat. I, I said it on, I, I went on a 97.5 on Saturday. and I said that Ooh. I think they're playing well enough to beat anybody except Tampa. Like, Tampa's the only I team I look fair. at, and I'm just like, I just don't, I don't see it. Like unless As Tampa, Columbus. Well, unless, unless, I was yeah. just gonna say <laughs> like,
3: they were swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And like, what are you the can, chances? No, no, no. That. That's what I mean. I'm not. Ex- that's not a thing that you expect to happen. But I think that you can not rule it well, out. You can like, hope. But again, yeah. now,
0: now we're going back to hope how we how we felt against the Capitals four years ago and the Penguins two years ago. You're going into that series feeling the same way. Whereas I feel like pretty much any other team in the conference, you go in feeling like you know this is you know 50 50 or 55 45 or 60 40 you know you're feeling decent
2: no i agree i think the flyers have at least a 50 50 chance against anybody but tampa but maybe boston but but again they i played I, boston I, well. they play
0: boston top but I, like yep. that is one thing i also will caution people is that i play, i would caution definitely. i would caution people to look at the way the team has played you know well, we beat we, we beat Boston twice, so it'll be an easy matchup. Like, Mm-mm. no, no. Th- there's lots of times where teams play well against a team in the regular season, then the playoffs, the the team with more talent just steamrolls.
2: And that is a playoff tested, veteran laden yeah. team. Uh, but th- luckily,
0: the way the Flyers are positioned, they're probably not gonna have to play Boston. Most likely, they would only have to play Boston in the conference final. And like, shit, if they were to lose to Boston in the conference final, I could live. I'm with pretty that. happy that's a, with that. It's a, a good season. season. Yeah. So <laughs>
3: the the home ice thing. It's not even just about the fact that they play better on home ice. If they want to get fans back into it, a first-round series at home is going to do it for sure.
2: Yeah. No, and looking at it, like, Penguins have to come here for two games. Yeah. Yeah. This city will be actually fired up the first time in how long? Since
4: 2012. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And that was, like— Smoking mirrors. Was, like yeah. we had prison net. You know? that whole <laughs> like, series was nuts. Yeah, that wasn't hockey. That, yeah. It was the most enjoyable shit I've ever seen in my life. But I miss it was that closer, so much. It was closer to Slapshot than it was the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> like it was ridiculous. But thinking about the path, like Charlie just said, can you bank on a Tampa getting eliminated? No, and you, you probably can't. You probably wouldn't beat them in a head-to-head. But I always think back to 2010. We bring it up all the time. Habs take care of the Flyers dirty work like Flyers were a very good team that year you know whatever was happening and goalie was working but Habs take care of the top two seeds and it's like well guess what now they're out of gas and we have a free pass to the freaking Stanley Cup final and I don't care what
3: team you are or how good of a team you are you don't get to the Stanley Cup final without a little bit of luck on your side. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely.
2: Uh, health is luck, you yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> like, like the Flyers <laughs> alternated goalies in 2010 because one just kept getting hurt <laughs> as soon as the other one was ready. Yeah, like they, that's just how it went. I so.
0: mean, I think a lot of people. It's funny. A lot of people bring up. The uh, the the really optimistic people bring up the, the blues from last year is that well the flyers you get everyone brings this, up the blues from last year the, the team and this is this is not quite as optimistic but it's pretty optimistic the team that this flyers team reminds me of a little bit not in terms of how they got to this point but just in terms of the way their season went and obviously the. The, the similarities in coach. This team reminds me a little bit of that, of that first Rangers team because that first Rangers team took about a half a season to really figure out how to master Vino system. And they went into the playoffs like they weren't the one seed. They didn't have a, the, the most points. But I remember going into that series when they played the Flyers in round one and being like, we got a shit matchup because the Rangers very well might be the best team in the East. And this sucks that we got to face
2: them. They just suffocated the hell out yeah. of us. Like, yeah, that's yeah. why I'll never understand. We're going to talk about the power. And that play. team went to the final. Yeah. Then, yeah. We're going to talk about the power play now, and that's watching how they killed penalties against the Flyers. I was like, why does anyone give Claude Giroux room? (laughs) (laughs) Just stand on top. Like, it's. I think it's more important because Charlie's So against standing on top of Ovechkin. I think it actually would kill the Flyers if you stood on top of Giroux the way the Rangers did. Probably. Like, I I just watched them kill aggressively. It's like, why doesn't everyone just do this? Like, the only way we're going to score is on the power play. But let's talk about the power play now. Real
1: real quick, okay. Real quick, as we're talking playoffs. Um, For the first time, we're going to have a playoffs watch party at Fieldhouse. Oh, they have two kegs of the brand new Kevin Hayes <gasps> beer.
0: That's a strong beer.
1: That they you guys are, are going to die. They, <laughs>
0: they, oh yeah, they are it.
1: putting them in the back for our watch party. We don't have dates yet because we don't know when the playoffs are going to be, but it'll be for an away game, and we're going to tap those kegs. I'll if we ex- don't
2: kick those kegs, I'm going to be disappointed yeah. in all of you. I'll tell you exactly when this game's going to be. April 22nd, the day I have floor seats to AEW. <laughs> that is exactly when it's going <laughs> to be. The playoffs are
0: going to start on like April 10th-ish. I'm not going to get a
2: home do. game until it then. It might now, be like... So. <laughs> Might be like game seven. They, always, <laughs> they always play on Ghost's birthday. Mentally, and that's what I always bed. think. That's you know. All right, so let's talk about that power play. Um, it's probably been our number one. Like we were just talking, we don't know what the hell the show is going to be about if we can't bitch anymore. And that like was the they're, biggest they're complaint. Good. Yeah. Well, just the, our number one complaint has been the power play. Well, you know what? It well, it they're like fifty percent. Yeah. we well, you know what it is. It's because the.
0: There are other flaws with this team, but there are flaws you really can't do anything about. Yeah. Like, you know, it would be nice to have an actual 3C. Unfortunately, Nolan Patrick has a migraine disorder. It would be nice if Carter Hart was five years older and battle tested. He's not, he's just great and 21 years yeah. old. But like the power play was always something you looked at. And you're like, you could fix that. If you really wanted to, <laughs> you could fix that and you won't. And now they have.
2: Yeah, and it's like during this uh, during this six game win streak, they're at forty six point seven percent, which is a pretty high number. Sorry, right. uh, like going all the way back to January eighth, which is where I judge everything because that's when this team figured it out. They're in the top ten since then, even though like it was a little slow, but they're on such a roll now. It's incredible. Is it was it just because I normally don't watch any of the post game stuff because I get right to my post game, but it was Jake, so I was like, all right, let me see what Jake has to say and it was the most matter-of-fact, well, yeah, we're back in our right spots. Like, and Charlie noted, <laughs> it wonderful. Charlie noted it in the outline. Like, it was such a Jake answer, and he's been talking about it since yeah, like, I October it or November. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, he's been the most vocal. <laughs> it, was it just this obvious? Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> kind of felt like it, yeah. I've been saying it for months. They do have some new wrinkles. They do, and that is important. And I do think part of the experimentation, listen, should they have done... As much did it maybe like if they had done a little bit more of just what works, would they be in first place right now? That's a that's a thing to think about with it with the standings being so uh, tight. Yeah.
0: Exactly. But
2: oh, man. but they're getting hot at the right time, they're figuring this out, and the new wrinkles, maybe they wouldn't have them if they weren't trying so many other things in the beginning. Like that uh the one assist, um uh Jesus, TK picked up the other night. Yeah. Where him and uh him and Drew switched, Drew goes down low, like. He's in this. TK started from the Simmons spot. When did Simmons ever get a power play assist basically from the point? Never? Like, that's something new that was, and you just have a more dynamic player there, but that's something new that wasn't a part of this when everyone was in their quote unquote right spot that they've developed.
0: It's just that the right spot thing was always the starting. Point. Yes, and I think the fear, your know, number one, the first fear was that they just were never going to go back to it. Just, just this like stubbornness that was reminiscent, honestly, of Dave Hackstall. But there was also that, like, okay, well, even if they do eventually go back to it, then they're going to have to spend time building from that. And the bizarre thing about this is that, like, like they put. They put everybody back in their in their quote-unquote right spots. And from the very first game, they were running plays from below the goal line. The, yeah. Like, the first time they did it was that 7-2 blowout against the Caps, which hopefully they repeat that on Wednesday. But that was the very first game they had Konechny in the net front. They had Couturier in the middle. They had, they had G on the left jake on the right and pervy up top and i believe the first goal they scored was because g dropped below the red line and passed to couturier for a for a one-timer and like it was like where was this all year like that was that was a great play design and it's like analytics people have been screaming for years that team should set up more plays from below the goal line bill's been screaming and Bill, it for yeah. years That's, like, and, feel, like you went from being the dumbest to then like flipping a switch and immediately becoming the smartest it was just the most bizarre flip but like hey i'm not complaining
2: there's like a lot of jokes going around that this was all by design like they're just flipping the switch oh, throwing boy. the thing like and here's something you weren't playing on <laughs> i was doing the smart thing like do you think there's anything to no. let's save it for the most no. important part of the season no
3: no, I don't think that they were, okay. like, consciously giving up power play goals for funsies just to fuck with people's minds. That's a little too galaxy. 3D playing.
1: chess.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking. You know, maybe there was a little something. It, it, people keep saying it, and I'm like, maybe. I don't know. Ling Vigneault seems like a smart guy. Maybe he'd try that. <laughs> what, uh, what else? Because it's not just the—listen, the top unit's doing what the top unit is supposed to do, finally— but we're seeing other wrinkles from the other units as well. No more Joel Faraby's down in Lehigh Valley. Yeah. NAK's up there and, and he's been crazy. NAK plays. like looks like a decent player in this spot.
4: Yeah, he started that Niskanen goal on Sunday, and then he had the uh so the the below the goal line plays set up the other play they used to go to all the time, the one where they give it the J V R down low. Except nobody's paying attention to J V R as much. So when he swings out, he was able to redirect that Niskanen shot against the lightning. And then he also got that rebound against the Sharks where he just pass to right to NAK in front. But when he does that swing out to the right now, defenses aren't expecting the puck just to go right to him because there's a ton of movement and they have the old formation and they're swinging around more. So they're, there's, they're finding all these different ways to score now and teams have to anticipate like the thing that Charlie pointed out on Sunday, the True, expecting the below-the-goal-line pass, he jumps out the cover Drew, and then connect knees open in front for a redirection because Brendan Smith's on the wrong side of him. So th- that's going to open up more, and also the play with JVR in front should come back, hopefully not too much in the fold, but can still use it as a wrinkle, too.
2: I think, like, it's... I always – Steph hates it, but I, I make the comparisons to other sports. Like, oh, let's do it, yeah. can, you, can you win running your offense through your center in basketball? No, probably not because the math doesn't work out. The other team's shooting threes. Yeah. But having the option to go to it, if you can do other things well too, maybe that's a yeah. matchup problem. JVR, we know he hasn't had – the best season goal scoring wise, I think it's mostly been luck. Like, he's got the fourth most uh, primary assists of his career already mm-hmm. at 14. Like, he usually has less than 10. I think he's uh, adapted part of his game to this as well. Man, it's just fun watching this team start to click on all cylinders. Is uh, like, since this winning streak has started, are there any other little things that you've noticed them doing differently than even a month ago?
0: Well, I mean, I just think
2: I, I think honestly, and there's
0: a reason why you said the before the six game stretch started that you wanted them to roll is because the schedule the schedule got easier. Like the schedule was tough for a while, and this six game stretch, aside from those two games against the Rangers, if you actually bought the Rangers, this was a pretty manageable stretch, and it was great to see them just roll through it. Because it just showed you that this isn't a team, this isn't the for so many years people have screamed that like the Flyers play down to their competition and like I actually think it was overblown because I think because he, they weren't it, that good. Well, I think <laughs> I think it was mostly because like the bad losses stick in your memory so yeah. much. Like, oh, yeah. like everybody loses to bad teams sometimes, but Flyers fans were just mad at everything. So like <laughs> they would see them like once in a while play the Bruins really tough and then it'd be like, "Well, you can do that, but you can't beat the Devils." And it's like, "Well, they just can't really beat anybody."
2: It's like they scored 6 on Tuukka <laughs> They're not that good. Like, like they just they, the Flyers just weren't
0: good enough back then. Unless they had their A game, they or at least like their B-plus game, they weren't really good enough to beat anybody. They no, I, had to be playing really well to win games because they weren't that good. Now they can go into games like against the Sharks. They probably had their C game, and it was still enough.
2: Yeah, and th- they are just good enough now to yeah. do that. And, uh, like, yeah, this schedule did get easier. I didn't just predict the six-game winning <laughs> streak because I saw, oh, man, we're playing the Caps and the Bolts. Yeah, this is going to go well. Like... They lost to the Bolts. It was a yeah. You know, it was fine. Expected them to lose. They it was been, competitive. Yeah, game. it was competitive. They've been playing pretty well to that point. But then I looked at the next six games and thought, this is where you make everything up. This is where I want two weeks with no hiccup games. And that has been, to me, the biggest thing. Uh, you could say anything about the coaching, the players they brought in. This team is just not mentally weak anymore. Yeah. They, yeah. they went two weeks and didn't have a hiccup game. Even when they were playing well a couple of weeks ago, like five Sun- nothing to
4: the devil. Sunday could have That's been a, a hiccup. Game. Up. Yeah,
2: exactly. You they just beat them. Lead, yeah. You're on a five. Yeah, you're on a, a five game winning streak. You just beat them. You turn it off in the third period and shit goes wrong. It started to, but they didn't <laughs> give it. <to> <laughs> they,
4: <laughs> they didn't. Go away. They didn't. Yeah,
2: they, that, abs- that game absolutely <laughs> goes to overtime two years ago. Like not a doubt yeah. in my mind. All right, what else do we have? Uh, I guess we got to talk about G. I think we should. Yeah, we uh, we started the show, uh, Charlie, with my uh, my take about, listen, I'm all for the bandwagon fans. I want them back. I want this town to get fired up. But if you are a Jeru hater, you have to repent. And we're going to talk about that, uh, how you might repent. On the other side of this break, because Kelly just signaled me, uh, get ready for uh, here's something awesome that you're going to want to buy or listen to or something. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, it is time for some Jeru talk.
0: Hope you like that, those products and services. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so this is,
1: uh, I mean. There we, was an ad for seltzer, hard seltzer on Flypurpley this week. I was really pleased Ooh.
2: with that. All right, it counts as a product. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I cannot wait to use it, that not product. It was not the clause. Ah, No laws when you're on the clause. I think, it was, I think it was Bud Light. Oh, oh, I love yeah, the, the, the oh Bud Light. The Bud Light seltzers Way or whatever? Way go, Bud Light seltzer. What is Bud. the
3: world we live in now? Yeah, you know.
2: Bud Light's just taking it over. So. We talked, and uh, we've talked all year about how, we, you know, Elaine Vigneault was working out the depth. We saw the bottom six in flux a lot of the season, and because of that, because of the Nolan Patrick thing, all this stuff, Claude Giroux wasn't always in the most advantageous spot Uh, on the power play or, you know, playing center instead of being on uh, Couturier's wing, whatever it might be, and the numbers were down. You looked at the numbers. You watch G. You know he's playing well. But Giroud produces points, and he just wasn't producing points at the rate he has been for most of his career. Well, last 11 games, he's got 14 points. Everything's fine. Is it he's playing better, or is it just the rest of the team is stepping up so he can do what he's supposed to do and not someone else's job as well?
3: Yeah, I think it's both of those things, really, Charlie. Yeah, I well, I think point.
2: that, no, I just, you, you seem excited yeah. to jump in, so I wanted
0: to well, let you jump you. in. Um, I think that he's playing a bit better, but I do think a lot of it is, I just think so much of his game is built upon confidence. And if you were putting him in positions where he wasn't likely to build confidence, there was, it was going to be less likely he was going to explode. And... As you as you said, like it's no coincidence that I go back to this February eighth game because the Washington game really was, was right after that Devil's game when everyone lost their minds. And the Flyers then like decided, okay, well, we're gonna do all the stuff that like people seem to want us to do, which number one out of that was put Giroux in his best possible positions. They put him on they called up Morgan Frost so they could put Giroux back on a line of Couturier, and then they fixed the power play. And since then he's been fine, and not just fine, but like one thing that I think was a was a fair criticism of Giroux this year. And and I, I'm of the opinion that Giroux really, even before this run, was fine. He was having a good year. Not 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 a great year for him, but a good year. One criticism I think was fair was that he hadn't had many of those holy shit games. Those games where like he just takes over and he's just that good and he's the he's the only guy on the ice you notice because he's Claude Giroux and he's he should be a future Hall of Famer. Well that Friday game against the Rangers, where he scored two goals, but he probably could have scored six. That was that game. He was all over the ice in that game. Like By the time he, he got his first goal in that game, he could have already had a hat trick.
2: Yeah, and it the hat trick thing, watching that game, reminded me so much of that last game of the season against the Rangers a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. They just needed to win to get in, and he scores the hat trick, puts him in the playoffs. It just seemed like, yes, this is Giroux again. This is what Giroux does, as much as... Is he the same player he was in, like, 2012? No, because when Peter LaViolette said he was the best player on the planet, that year he was. Mm-hmm. Was he after that? Obviously, no. That wasn't true in, in you know, the macro. But that year he was one of the best players, if not the best player on the planet. He's not that anymore. But he is a hell of a contributor, and I'm just glad he is Like – I'm glad the, the organization, as much as I – you know, Ron Hextall was – Kind of a pain in the ass. He set us up for this, kind but of, yeah. I'm glad he didn't tear it all the way down yes. and mm-hmm. lose G and Jake because um, not only is G having a hell of a year, Jake is the most important player on the team according to Mike Milbury. Oh boy, how yep. funny! Like yeah. this is a good. That's I love up, Keith though. Jones. Yeah. Like every like, I have a personal relationship with Keith Jones. I think he's the man, friend of the pod. But I told, yeah, he was on our uh, our very first draft show, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Nolan the Patrick, Patrick draft party. show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I told him today the best thing you've ever done in your career was tell Mike Milberry, no, you're wrong.
0: I, <laughs> like think, I didn't even think he just said, he didn't even just say he was wrong. He said, no, that's dumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a hero. Oh, praise. Or no, I think he did say you're wrong, but he should have said it's dumb because it was extremely, extremely dumb. He was definitely and like, thinking this of. This is coming from the, you know, one of the preeminent Jake Voracek defenders. Jake Voracek is not the most important player on the Flyers. Like he's just not. No. And yeah, I, I think I think all of us at this table probably at this point would agree it's Couturier. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean,
1: uh, have you seen Travis Konecny? Is all I'm No, of course it's Couturier.
2: <laughs> of course <laughs> no, it's Couturier. Here's the thing, and this is like this is another thing that excites me. Um Giroud's name didn't come up in this most important player conversation. Jake's did, Couturier's did. We could all go around. Like, I'm going to say Carter Hart because if Carter Hart does what, like, if he plays to his absolute potential this year, we could legitimately be having a parade. Sure. Um, yeah. There's a number of guys. For the first time in how long, there's a discussion about who the most important player <laughs> is. Like, it's.
4: <laughs> I don't even think you'd do that last year. Uh-uh.
2: It was, I mean, Couturier, what he does in all phases of the game can't be discounted. I mean, I wrote an article years ago about the uh, individual trophies and who's, like, what individual trophies equate to what. And, like, a team with a Selkie winner, like, ended up in the conference championship 75% of the time. Like, and it was just, like, it's the most important in terms of your team philosophy. Mm. And that's, like, I mean, is going to win it, right? I, I think he ought to.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, the big thing was like like I think he had just as good of a year last year as he did the year before that. It's just the Flyers stunk. Well, this year the Flyers aren't just a playoff team. They're looking like they're gonna kind of cruise in. It so could
4: he, be the story of the league too, which would probably help him help his case. Maybe tried, not the story of the or the Flyers making the playoffs. It would like help the way they're playing, yeah. Well, I
0: mean you think about it. What happened last year? Who won last year? Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. What yeah, happened the with Blues. the Blues last year? Yeah, yeah right yeah. second half.
3: Yeah. Charlie, really is done. there some list that we can like open a phone bank or do some canvassing <laughs> on behalf of the Sean Couturier for Selkie movement? I feel like it's important. Well, I believe Steph did at her, uh, her thing where it's now we on every URL for BSH. So
1: every single URL for BSH, she's going fired. to have Sean Couturier for Selkie. Oh, that's eight. fun.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. like that. But I, I think it's an interesting question, though, about Giroux. Like, and again, I defended Giroux a bunch of times on this very show. But like, where would you put him? On this team level like importance. Important is we agree that Couturier is one. Where does Drew rank
4: now?
1: I put actual Drew, importance
4: and not like potential, like actual if, importance. Yeah. Drew's
1: Two. in the top five. I, I, um, when I wrote my just real quick hit yesterday about the flyers playoff odds, I, I made a point of not mentioning Drew or Voracek when I was listing off the players that are leading the charge, for them to be the Flyers to be recognized in the national conversation. So Travis Konechny is just having a monster season mm-hmm. that we all needed to see from him. Provorov continues to eat minutes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, Kevin Hayes is experiencing a, a level of his game that I didn't yeah. know still existed. Uh, Carter Hart is the, the prince who was promised. And all of these people are the reason why Claude Giroux doesn't have to be number one or number two. But that doesn't mean that he's any less important.
3: Yeah, see, that's the thing with him. It's it's obvious that Sean Couture on the ice is the most important player on this team. But I think at this point, Claude Giroux's role is bigger than on ice production. It's fair. It's fair. Um, we, with all the talk of what he does In a leadership role, I think it's pretty clear Um, there are little things and there are little things that no one ever talks about when they want to call him a shitty captain, like the handshakes coming off the ice, that kind of stuff, the talking to the kids when they come onto the team and mentoring them like he is obviously a quietly good leader in the locker room. And that's super important, I think, on a team that's full of young guys and new guys that's coming together to build something. They need that leadership, even if he's not the best player on the ice.
2: And that leadership is what makes me pause for a second to wonder how important he is. Is he act- Is he still number one? Just because, listen... Uh, were they? the last few years have not gone well? And it's been, you know, everyone hated the coach. The GM was a dick. all this stuff. It was then everything could have gone wrong. This locker room could have eaten itself alive. G and Jake, are cool. They don't hate each other. It's not like oh well, they don't complement each other, so we got to get rid of one, like some other team that plays in that building.
1: And I mean, like, they all <laughs> still go on vacation together. Yeah, like, like uh, it's not you know, just like they can play I, well together and they're friends, kind I of think, like they're friends off the ice. Yeah, uh, no, that's
2: that's a, I that's think, a really fair I point. I think though. Kevin Hayes coming in like absolutely injected some energy. Like TK taking that next step, so he's not just out there chirping and it's like shut up, kid. Like no, he's a he's a he's gonna have like seventy points this year. Or so yeah, he's when gonna he's, score on you and then he, done. Yeah, when he says something, you. Do listen because no one listens to a forty-point player. Like I do think, like Sean Couturier isn't like, man. I've been busting my ass this whole time, and Drew's making eight million, and I'm making four. Like I, I just think that quiet leadership, the fact that the downtime didn't rip this team apart, yeah. is something we're seeing now that you couldn't have predicted then because they were in the middle of losing. Yeah, but that
0: I, that's like. I, I don't say this often Bill but that's something I like I never thought of but now, that you, now that you said it like damn that, yeah, that Bill, really makes a it. lot of sense ah, you, you got get it, it. <laughs> No because you like one thing that stuck out to me when um when the Flyers fired Hack and Gordon got called up and Gordon was the coach. And apparently, like after Hack got fired, he called Gordon. I mean, like, I, Hack wasn't a bad dude. He just wasn't a very good NHL coach. But like he called Gordon and kind of like congratulated him. Was like, hey, if you have any questions for me about the team and everything like that, happy to answer it. You know, I hope you do a good job, you know, running the team. And he and Gordon recounted this and he said, I, you know, I asked. I asked Hack like, what I should know. What's the first thing I should know about this team? And apparently Hack was like, the first thing you should know about this team is this is a legitimately great group of people. They are a great group of people that's very tight. They like each other. They're good guys. And you're going to have a lot of fun coaching them as people. And it's funny because considering how freaking frustrating these last four years like you're absolutely right that locker room could have eaten itself apart yeah that locker room could have ended up at each other's fucking throats and i think it's fair to say that the captain of the
2: team deserves a lot of credit that it didn't and i did like maybe that worked to their detriment at the time maybe because everyone was a little too comfortable maybe bringing in hayes bringing in niskanen guys who have been leaders on in other organizations injected some new culture but i do think having that base of, hey, you know what? Remember how mad Wayne Simmons used to get when someone would say something about G? Like he would fight a reporter. <laughs> if you asked what's the captain up to, he would fight you. And you know, you don't always get that. And I think this team, no matter G's leadership style, follows him. No matter what, and I think that's that's showing.
0: There was one guy on Twitter. It was like last week, and um, and it actually made me happy because this wasn't even something I was going for in the article I wrote, but it was the player poll article that I did. And one of the questions I had asked was, "Who is the hardest working guy in practice? Who who's the most competitive in practice?" I think is how I how I worded it. And this guy added me on Twitter, and he was like, "You know, I used to be one of those guys who." criticized Drew and think he was a good captain. And what changed my mind was reading that article and seeing everyone vote for Drew as the most competitive guy in practice. Because it's like, you know what? We don't see that. But the players do. And the players see their captain busting his tail every single day at practice. And that I'm sure that has an impact. It definitely sets a tone of how you are expected to act at all
2: times on this team. Like I'm just so happy he's here and I want to win. Like I uh, every time I've, I've seen two Philadelphia championships, not including like the Phantoms, but I've seen two. Soul. And you, haven't, you haven't seen a Seoul championship? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dominant. Uh, they, they put the league under because no one could compete with the soul. Uh, like every The two championships I've seen, the person I was most happy for when I saw them win was Bill Matz. Mm-hmm. When the Flyers win the cup, hypothetically, with Claude Giroux as captain, I will feel most happy for him. Second will be Bill Matz. But <laughs> I will actually feel happy for Claude Giroux because he did something no one does in this town. Last through it all and then come yeah. out on the other side and actually win. We're going to have to start calling him Andy Dufresne. Yeah. He crawled through a river <laughs> and came out clean <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, who's the who's
4: last athlete that has done that? That's a good point. Like, yeah.
2: I, I always think of like guys like, like Brandon powers? Graham, guys like uh, oh, Pat Pat the one I, I always like. I was about they to had ups, ups and there. downs here, but they weren't the best player on the team. They fair, weren't the fair captain.
4: Fair, like they weren't getting is. blamed for everything. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't.
2: It wasn't like yeah, it wasn't Pat Burles' fault that there's no bullpen. <laughs>
4: like, yeah. when, it's Drew's fault that Ilya
2: Brizgalov doesn't freaking know that he has to put his arms down. Like that's what it was. All right, let's talk about some of the new blood uh Derek Grant and Nate Thompson just give me your first impressions uh looks like Grant's having a hell of an impact Grant's, um, slow. Grant's better than <laughs> that's I... my first impression Nate Thompson slow. is Grant. not Wilson. fast Grant's
4: I
3: right. mean I for a six
4: foot three duty or plus he's fast yeah we're talking I've, about talking about Grant yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: Grant has been better than I expected
4: I, I will... Yeah, he's fine. I, I'm fine with Grant. Thompson, I just... Thompson like, can, can go. Slow, he can yeah. be
3: a depth guy in the box. That's fine.
4: Yeah. And that was always what I wanted Thompson to be. i I'm wa-
3: assuming that's where he's going
4: to end yeah, up. Like and if I, he ends up there, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, I wanted Thompson to be the guy who makes sure that, like, if guys get hurt, we don't have to worry about Mikel Verubia for Chris Stewart coming back. That's fine. And, like, yeah. I mean, my hope is that eventually that'll be the conclusion they come to. They haven't yet, but that's also because they're on a six-game winning streak, and they're probably yeah. not going <laughs> to change anything when they are. But, though, Grant... Yeah, Grant's interesting because, well, he obviously had the real bad first game, but as we found out, like, he was on a red eye the night before. Didn't get, He didn't get got barely any sleep on Sunday night because he was all antsy about the trade deadline because he knew he was going to get traded. Then he woke up at, like, 6 a.m. to be up in time for the first trades to be announced. Found out by 9, probably before 9, but, like, around 9 that he was going to Philly. Rushed around, got on a flight, a left... left California at two a.m. our time got into Philly seven a.m. our time was it was at the facilities by like eight thirty nine o'clock Whew. and then like at that point he was so wired he's like yeah I took like a half like a hour long nap and then played the game like, I, no wonder he
4: looked like I shit think I think I would have retired after the flight I would have been like I'm not you guys can get to the <laughs> I'm, not, I'm going home. no same for me shit. I'm yeah. gonna go
2: like my brother sells insurance a job with him. But he's doing pretty good but I'm in, in the, right the last yeah. two games I think
4: he's looked really good yeah mm-hmm. yeah not
2: yeah uh, he uh, he had the goal the uh, obviously. We've heard them oh, call him, so yeah. and uh, oh my god, like that's uh,
4: that poor old Swedish man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, embarrassing. Like they, the the Rangers just moved away. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: have no, I have no sympathy they, for Lundqvist. I, uh, He's got yeah. everything I
4: just, good in life. Yeah, I you just, wanted
0: to stay,
2: huh?
4: I just love that goal because Grant got the puck in the neutral zone and the two Rangers. Were like, all failed. Oh, nothing we can do. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I stare at Grant fell, they, so Just, uh, just uh, let him go. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, they had the over in that game. The Rangers all bet the over in that game and got out. I've never seen anything like it. Like. I saw Lundquist get pulled out of the net by Grant and who else? Uh, Raffle had the great move for the goal. I was like, this isn't, like, if TK makes you look silly, if Drew does something awesome, all right, shit happens. We're talking about Raffle and Derek Grant just, like, Lundquist looking like it's Pelly Lindbergh in the 80s sliding <laughs> all the way across the ice like it was unbelievable <laughs> but yeah do we what kind of leash do we expect for Nate Thompson because I think they like they've we've heard the term elite penalty killer used with Grant Thompson just kind of looks like a place filler he, like, he looks like a dude yeah They're he looks lo- like what do we think? How, like, when lose they lose a couple lose, of games, yeah. When they lose, he comes out? Yeah. yeah.
4: I mean, they did just get him, so I guess they want to see what they got. I mean, you'll probably figured that out before you trade for him, but... They I lose one bad see. or
3: lose a couple in a row, I think will come out.
4: Yeah.
2: How <laughs> mad so, would we be if this was a different coach making this decision? Farabee back. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, it's oh.
1: not necessarily the GM or, or the coach, it's the GM. Like, I know that Chuck is going to bring Farabee back when the time yeah, is right. Yeah, that was the like, thing. It was once they went down before. He bounces back and forth. Like, I, yeah. it's not the coach. It's and he's the, the GM. The fir-
2: we just saw Couturier was sick, so maybe he wasn't going to be able to play. Farabee's the first call. They clearly believe he's an NHL player. Sure. They're going to give the vet a little bit of leash. Mm-hmm. And listen, this is what you do in a playoff race. And they, they've been yeah. playing well enough that they've earned some leash for the veteran players, I think. I, I, I don't just, want it to last. Yeah.
0: I mean, I just think it's important. Like, you may have to, and again, if, if Nate Thompson is in the starting lineup for a fully healthy Flyers team in game one, I won't be thrilled about it. But I think it's important to a degree, especially for a coach, because a coach you know, coach makes decisions on his lineup. He makes decisions on roles for a game based on what he knows about a player. And he probably knows very little about Nate Thompson. So you give him a few weeks to get a handle on what he can do and then what he can't do. So if he does have to play him in a playoff series, he knows what what roles not to use him in and what roles like, okay, this is a guy who, can only play six minutes. Like, if we had to play him... I can only trust him for six minutes, maybe take some face-offs because he can still do that, maybe do you know a little bit of penalty killing against the second unit of another team, but that's as far as I, as case I can push it. is in it. the box. You yeah, can throw him like, out that's there. That's as far as I can push it. But you're not going to know that as a coach unless you see him and unless you interact with him and unless you get a better handle on, on who he is as a player. And I think I would like to believe that's all this is. I'd like to believe that's all this is.
2: And hey, listen, they eventually did the right thing with the power play. Did it take longer than we all wanted it to? Yes. I think the coach has earned some... I think he's earned a little, you know, listen, is he making the safe hockey man decision? Yeah. But like Charlie just laid out, there, is, there are other layers to it. Yeah, it's yeah. not just like, well, I think LaTera gives us a good chance to win. No, well, you're, that, you're wrong about that.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we know.
4: That, oh, oh, Yeah, too much.
3: We know that we don't. Before we had to worry that the coach would take a look at Nate Thompson and decide that he's actually good. And then keep him in the lineup. I think that we've learned over the course of a season that Elaine Vino is not that guy. He's not going to take a look at a player that sucks and declare that he's good for some like amorphous reason that no one can figure out.
0: Yeah, you know, it's. I want to. I want to believe that's true. And it I is, and, and I would say that <laughs> there's nothing in his Philadelphia track record to make you believe that. At the same time, there are things in his overall track record that like Vino, like most coaches can fall in love with a Tanner glass. So you <laughs> always have to worry that like that could happen. That said, one thing that I do think is one thing that I think is going to maybe make that happen less often here is that I definitely like one of the reasons why I liked the Fletcher higher off the bat was because he was a lot more into analytics than people realized. And, one of the reasons why I think the, that Vino made so many seemingly stupid decisions with regards to his lineups and with regards to the players he liked when he was in New York was because the information I think he was getting from the front office wasn't good. Like, Vino, one thing I, I've gathered from him by covering him for a year is that I he, I get the impression he's a very collaborative guy. That, you know, he's he has his areas and he believes he's good in those areas, you know, he, he's Good at he's good at coaching systems. He's good at getting to know players. He's good at, at preaching accountability. The other stuff, he hires people or he works with people who he trusts are good at their jobs. And if the people he trusts aren't good at their jobs, then he looks dumb. And I think the Flyers with Fletcher, I think they have a guy above him that is good at his job and is good at recognizing who is good and who is bad. Because one thing I noticed from Fletcher's tenure all the way back to Minnesota is like, look. Chuck is going to make mistakes. He's going to go out and he's going to get Chris Stewart's, and he's going to get guys who were like, man, that's dumb. Why'd he do that? And he's going to get them, and we're going to be pissed off about it. But the one thing Chuck Fletcher has always done, always, at least dating back to his Minnesota tenure, is if a guy ain't working, he's not. he's not scared to cut bait. He's not scared to be like, you know what? This ain't working. I'm not going to keep throwing Yuri Laterra out there out, out of some misguided sense of stubbornness. I'm going to say, you know what, Chris Stewart? I know we talked in the beginning of the year that you know you're going to be on the team all year and you're an NHL player, but like, dude, you're not an clearly N- not. You're true. not an NHL player if you go go to Lehigh. Like, and I believe that. Fletcher would be willing to step in if there was a Tanner glass situation.
3: I also think that it's likely that Vigno during his time off learned a little bit because there was a lot of that. things yeah. that Rangers fans told us that we needed to look out for that he hates young players. I think that seems not to be the case,
1: yeah. but look at what's still
3: happening in New York. I know but that's what I'm saying that's, sa- I, that's yeah, what that's I mean so, what yeah. yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying about the information we was getting that's what I'm saying like Rangers fans were telling us Vino hates kids look out for that he likes to turtle in the third period look out for that and a lot of that stuff just isn't happening here can we
2: talk about <laughs> turtling the, in the can, third. can yeah, we talk about it no uh, never just, but Certainly the idea Sunday. of turtling in the third <laughs> like if you have a lead in the third period the other team is going to get more shots Four effect yeah. baby like that's what happens and like this isn't just analytics like i know that yes yeah, score mm-hmm. effects charlie has taught me about them we've talked about them but like the other team is trying harder and one team is just trying not to fucking lose yeah, yeah. like that's that's all yeah. it is they're because they are going to pinch and maybe get caught and the flyers have done a great job this season counter-attacking like they don't have a ton of come from behind wins in the third but their goal differential in the third is still awesome because they have that awesome counter-attack even if they're not like getting it on the four check and being super aggressive they have guys who are able to do the job uh, defensively and make it go the other way when they need to. Just one last question about the new guys before we actually move to Farabee. Is Thompson better than Bunneman? I don't think so. I just, I want to get everyone's. We watched a lot of Bunneman. I didn't get a good read on him. I thought he, he was a nice. I mean, I
4: thought he was fine. Uh, I just uh, don't like what Thompson is.
2: Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. Like, it's, like, it's not like know. Bunneman that's was remarkable,
3: but he was fine and he fit. That line just was seemed, playing
2: well. Yes, like
4: the chemistry he, was yeah. good. That
3: line seemed to work. And if Bunneman is better or worse than Nate Thompson, I don't know, but that line I think was better Bunneman, with Connor Bunneman on it.
4: But uh, Bunneman is more of a like safe low event guy for me, who I thought had more speed than Thompson. Thompson, yeah. I feel like is gonna, I don't know. I feel like he's gonna get caught up position more. Like his speed's gonna cost him at some time. I just don't like Thompson as much. I don't know how that.
2: If he's deep in the zone and the puck goes the other way, yeah, it's, it's five it's, on four.
0: Yeah, like much. that's yeah, that's I, what's gonna. Happen. One thing that is interesting, and like I don't put basically any stock in three games worth of advanced no, yeah, yeah, metrics yeah. but like thompson the, Fly, the flyers are driving play with yeah. thompson on the ice and they're not with grant now granted i have granted. liked granted. Granted, yeah. uh, granted, I granted i've liked a lot more <laughs> of, what I, of what i've seen from grant than thompson and i think eventually the numbers are going to pick that up because i think he's played significantly better than thompson but it's not like that fourth line is getting killed no, no, with yeah, him yeah. on the ice yeah. now Watching it, I think that's a lot more due to what Nicholas Albay Cubell and Michael Roff are yeah. doing than anything Nate Thompson is doing. But at the very least, he's not so bad that they're getting killed.
2: Ideally, and we've talked about this all year, but now there's a new mix. Ideally, what is your bottom six? If they're sticking with the top six as is with Lawton, with Lawton, I mean, it's hard to discount him. Oh, I yeah. guess. I guess Lawton to 3C. So I guess Farabee back and Lawton to 3C and Grant I, to 4C. Yeah, Is that what everyone...
0: I, I think I like would, I want Lawton as 3C, even though I think that he's line better worked. on the wing. I
2: think he's better in the wing, too. We've talked about mm-hmm. that a ton, but did you see what that oh, were, third line was doing? I was going to say, Lawton well, and doing pretty well. Yeah, they we had, they had yeah. a nice little rapport yeah. of
4: those two. I guess Pitlick on the fourth line, but that's not really like the... I don't know. I'm fine with N.A.K. on the fourth line right now. Let's it's just like, bring
1: Nolan Patrick back.
4: Listen Or do that. If yeah, I'm that with, would be awesome. Why haven't we done that Yeah, Why haven't we done that yet? Yeah, hey, what, are, what are we doing? As
2: far as I'm concerned, Nolan if Patrick I is about Flyers, I would simply bring back <laughs> Nolan <laughs> Patrick.
4: Why don't they just, just turn
2: random. off injuries <laughs> like I always do? Yeah. Like, what the, the, the way fuck to is do that? that? No injuries? Turn off the offside, too. turn off the offside. You think I'm playing with offside? No offside? No No two-line pass from back in the day? Oh, my God.
0: It's tough. Like, as much as I do like Lawton on that second line, and I like him better at wing, it's just tough because if you keep him at wing then your third-line center is probably Grant. Yeah. And I don't like that. So it's less that I want Lawton back at center and more that I don't want Grant as the 3C. And I just don't know, like, how... Like, aside from a miraculous Nolan Patrick return where he comes back and plays like a third-line center and can take on the minutes of a third-line center, which I think is everyone's ideal scenario, aside from that happening... It's pretty much Grant or Lawton, and I like Lawton better in that spot because then I would really like Grant at Yeah,
4: I like a fourth line on uh, Raffle, Grant, and NAK. Yeah, yeah I think that, cool that could be a really, really good even fourth line. A pitlick on the front. I don't know if I'm the only one putting Pitlick down, but yeah. I like him. I just. I mean, if, I you, like if you want to flip flop Pitlick and NAK, that's absolutely. the only Yeah, I'm I wouldn't guessing, hate that. Yeah. And, like, and I like Pitlick. He's I, grown on me. Yeah.
2: I like Pitlick a lot. I think he's a good player. I would like to see him stick around as a Michael Raffle replacement, as a fourth liner. NAK, man, I would like to see him get third line playoff minutes. Like he's I a like playoff. player. He does seem like a playoff. He's player, a playoff player, he? man.
4: connecting and NAK on the same team in the playoffs. Ooh. Oh, man. You, be, they're going to be. How
2: some about and
4: Hayes? Hayes is probably going to talk some
0: magic. That is one thing that like I love about the Maybe this is again getting too excited, but like this Flyers team has a lot of guys. You look at and you are like they're playoff Dude, players. Been,
2: mm-hmm. well, since they started to play really well, I thought this team's built better for the playoffs than the regular season. Like I don't well, think that's yeah. I, like, I don't think there is as big a difference in the way the game is played in hockey as it is in like, basketball, where it's like, yeah, there are yeah. no more fast breaks. This is all half-court offense. Like, but I do think just that intensity level and the importance of physicality. Like, You know what you need to do on every shift you get the puck deep? Hit the fucking defenseman. Yeah. And that's exactly what NAK does. And and so, are like, NAK, Lawton, yeah. Pitlick, Konechny. Like, these are all
0: guys you just feel like when the playoff hits, they could be at an, even, at an even higher
3: level. I'm so how,
2: excited. How, oh, I'm, like, vibrating <laughs> with excitement. Excitement is the word. How great was, um, at the end of, I believe, the Friday game, Lawton just eating those punches? Oh, yeah. oh that dude is that a maniac. So yeah. He is insane. Like yeah, he was... didn't. He just kept. He didn't even put his hands up. <laughs> he was like fucking Robbie. like pumping <laughs> Mr. T, rubbing him on the top of the head. It was unbelievable. You ain't so bad. You ain't yeah. so bad. That, it just. It just reminded oh, me of God. hashtag Glassjaw NY when Simmons just threw one glove punch at Ryan McDonough and knocked him the fuck mm. out. Oh. Yes. Yeah, My I greatest remember day in the press box yeah. where I just trolled New York fans <laughs> <laughs> for an hour and a half. Uh, but seriously, yeah, but there are so
0: many guys in this team this, that you look at like Kevin Hayes, I don't know if his I don't know if stylistically he's like built for the playoffs, but it'll be fun as hell to watch him. He's going
2: to
4: talk so much. As as a, they're going to get
2: so far underneath the, the yeah. skin of just, whoever we're playing. Like the still shot of the player like uh the one dude coming up and talking shit to Hayes. And then uh, everyone on the, the bench mule. just... Yeah. Like, that, was was, so good. that was straight so out, good. out of Mighty so, Ducks. Such a good shot. Such a shot by Heather. Was so that good.
1: was like... It's a renaissance painting. Yeah. yeah. With the two the two of them screaming. Kevin Hayes with the full crazy I, I, eyes. I love Brian Elliott in the and background. And Brian Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah those, right. are my, those are my kids. Those are my kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are my kids.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. He's a hockey dad for sure. Mm-hmm. That was perfect. All right. So Farabee. Um, we've talked around him this episode. But just him in general. Um... I didn't think he was playing poorly enough to warrant a send down. If it's just, I think maybe he just needed to build some strength back from the, the illness. Maybe he never fully recovered. They want to give these other guys some chances without scratching him. That's fine. Is he going to be in the top nine when the playoffs start?
3: So Maddie actually brought something, our Phantoms expert and press box person, Um That might it be better for Farabee to sit in the press box waiting to get back into the lineup simply because he has never played this many games in a season and perhaps having him play with the phantoms is a waste of minutes. Yeah, you risk him getting injured. You risk burning him out. I know, like, the general wisdom is, like, you don't want these kids sitting, you want them playing, but leading up to the playoffs, is that actually the best strategy when you want that kid to be available for the playoffs? I don't know. Yeah, I mean,
0: I I understand the logic behind it. I just, I have, I personally think it's always better to have young players playing. And, he had, and he's gotten a decent amount of time off recently because, what, yeah. he got he got sent down on deadline day, he played one game with the Phantoms, I think, on Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday he was traveling because he was the extra guy for yeah. Catero, so he, he really only played one game in a week, and I don't know when the next time the Phantoms play, but they don't, they usually yeah, have most of their games on mm-hmm. weekends, so he's getting a chance to catch his breath now. I just, I don't know if I like the idea of him just sitting on the bench for, you know, Fair. for weeks rather than getting a couple games in the AHL. But I understand the argument. I get the argument.
2: That's, I just like, if it is an idea of burnout, then yeah, maybe sitting him is best. Put him on IR for a month, whatever. But if it's, hey, he just has a couple of little things to straighten out in his game, go do it in the AHL, and we're going to have That's you fine. up when we figure out which one of these two guys we gave up nothing for is better, and then. You know, you'll be back.
1: Yeah, I, and I think I, you know going to the AHL is almost like a vacation. I don't know. You got to ride a bus. <laughs> I
2: mean, That's not that great. Is a shit vacation.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but in Allentown. But he's not playing against NHL competition. He's still playing. He's still skating. It's 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 a working vacation.
3: Before we wrap up, I have a quick question for Charlie. What is the deal with? Ghost because he skated in warmups. Yeah, on well, Sunday is well, he like ready to play? No,
0: he's fine. I mean, he could play. They're just, oh, they're
3: just not playing yeah. him because okay, so he's a healthy. Yeah, he's at healthy. This point. Yeah, okay.
0: He's he said his knee feels good. He we've interviewed a couple times and he's basically said, look, like I totally understand why I'm not in the lineup. Yeah. If I was the
2: coach, I wouldn't put me in the lineup either. The team's rolling. What a shitty teammate. <laughs> what a fucking dick. Why well, Nobody likes him. <laughs> yeah. That's why they absolutely asshole. don't
1: let him go on vacation yeah. with, Tantrum. you know, Giroux and Vorcheck and all of their families. Oh, God, Just that's, kidding. That's
2: outstanding. Uh, so what, what are the chances you think Nolan Patrick takes Robert Haig's job? Zero. Wait, they, what job? What, what job? Yeah, no. what job? Like yeah, picking up pucks. Is it because he's
1: skating as a that's Travis <laughs> job. Cause Cause excuse me, it, the, Travis Sandheim picks up the
2: pucks. The, he's skating as a scratch with right, ghost. Yeah, so funny. I just was like, Patrick to D, ghost
1: to wing. Yeah, Patrick obviously. to D. Oh no, put ghost on on the wing. Who says Patrick back at center, and we're fine.
2: Ghost three C, baby. Let's do it. Ooh, may as well. Danny Briere. It's like the opposite of Brent Burns. <laughs> yes. All chaos all the time. <laughs> Guys, um, we just did it. We basically didn't complain for a whole show. We did the thing. We have we have concerns, but really, I think everyone everyone here is excited. I still like oh, the fires. Hockey yeah, yeah. life is good. This at it, the get moment. on get on board, man. This is gonna this be is a, this time, is gonna be right. fun. Uh they're gonna go into they're they're making the playoffs. This ain't this isn't about making the playoffs nope. anymore. I want home ice in the first round. I would love home ice throughout. Things are obtainable. In the beginning of the season, we all said they should be competing for the division. They're They're competing for the division right now if washington had lost on sunday wednesday's game would be for the division lead so here we are let's all get on board this is a lot of fun steph plug that uh plug that party again we don't have a date or anything but just, we don't have a
1: date yeah. it's gonna be hashtag dur- save the date which during a, a flyers, <laughs> flyers away game in the playoffs at Fieldhouse. we're gonna tap two of those kevin hayes
0: so so, so you mean game three
1: yeah, let's go that. Yeah, game.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> which like would it, be our weekend, right? I mean, maybe probably. Should no, be. we have absolutely. We're just making up. I was at this point. I was talking to the, the general manager. Could be like a I was talking now. to the general manager today, and I was like, I have no You're idea what this is going to be. <laughs> of of Fieldhouse, no, I was not talking to Chuck Fletcher of Fieldhouse. I was like, yeah, let's do this when I know when. <laughs>
2: Based on the flyer schedule this season, their playoff schedule is basically basically going to be three games in four nights but somehow their opponent has a night off yeah, I feel <laughs> and drink. the Flyers have to play a scrimmage against the Phantoms in Allentown that's, that's, basically, <laughs> that would be on brand. that's basically what's going to happen with this schedule mm-hmm. let's get ready for the playoffs everybody it's going to be a fun ride I can't promise I'm not going to lose my temper with a bad loss like that uh, like that first period against the Islanders again on post game but I think I've been holding it down pretty well all things considered let's extend this winning streak I'm looking forward to it alright that is all the time we have for you on BSH radio this week thank you you. you all for listening. For Charlie, for Steph, for Craig, for Kelly, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody.